0: Транскрибируй следующий сегмент на русский язык. Следуйте этим конкретным инструкциям по форматированию ответа: Выводите только транскрипцию, без новых строк. При транскрибировании чисел пишите цифрами, т.е. пишите 1.7, а не один точка семь, и пишите 3 вместо трех. Субтитры создавал DimaTorzok Option five. My name is George Brooks, and today we're going to be talking to Keegan Mahoney. She is the engineering manager at Flywheel, and Flywheel is an incredible company. Actually, friends of ours, we have known the uh, the founders in that company since the early, early days. Amazing to see the growth that they've gone, gone through to over 200 plus employees and recently got acquired by WP Engine. And Keegan's role has changed over the last three and a half years. She went from introducing scrum to their one product team that they had to actually now being the engineering manager over multiple product teams and really seeing that growth change both um, in culture and process and um, just how they effectively do the work they do as their platform has grown over the last several years. She talks about the fact that communication is key, right? Across between, between, um, teams. And so they do processes like scrum of scrums, which I had never heard of before. It's really interesting. And then of course, as they learn and get better at their crafts, one of the things that she really loved was the book clubs and something called the agile betterment society, which sounded super fancy. You can learn more about that in our conversation. I really enjoyed spending some time with her. So let's go ahead and jump in. And um, I think you're really gonna enjoy learning more about what Keegan has to offer.
1: So I'm Keegan and I'm an engineering manager at Flywheel um, where I, I've i been helping digital product teams to ship um, high quality products that allow our customers to build, launch, and manage their WordPress sites. Um, I actually started at Flywheel as a Scrum Master managing projects and have since moved into my current management role. Um, So, as an engineering manager, I I now focus on how I can help our talented software engineers do their best work and work with product management to deliver those products for the WordPress community. Um, I currently have three teams that I work with um, that work on um, the Flywheel hosting dashboard and actually local by Flywheel, which is our um, local WordPress development application.
0: Wow. Okay. So how long have you been at Flywheel?
1: Yeah. Um, so I've been at Flywheel since January of 2016, which is a little over three and a half
0: years now. That's amazing. That's a long time in our industry. Three and a half years is, is legit. Yeah. That's great. That's great. Um so tell me what that journey was like going from obviously starting in scrum and kind of being really in mm-hmm. the, the weeds and kind of figuring out maybe process. Cause in the early days, at least my experience is that a company has to take that time to build that process. What did that look like? And then, you know, talk about what it's kind of come to now in your current role.
1: Yeah. Um, so exactly. Like it's, it's changed a lot through the years. Um, when I started the team was, um, five engineers. And there was no, like, project managers or product managers at that time. It was kind of being all, all done without, throughout those five engineers, kind of encompassing all of the different roles. Um, but I came in to kind of just help the team kind of get a little bit more process and more method to the, the chaos. But um, so we started out with just like introducing some lightweight framework we used Scrum just because um, that was kind of my background, and I thought it would be very valuable to the team. Did slowly introduce different um, things into the process, like even just creating our first backlog of work. Um, I remember that early on, um, which was really fun and cool. And now we have, you know, such, we have like six different product teams, all with, you know, awesome, large backlogs of things that they can be working on all the time. Um, And they all kind of tweak the process kind of to what works best for their specific team.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So then fast forwarding if you start to think about what is your your day look like? What is uh what does a um an engineer manager do?
1: Yeah. So um like I said, I'm I'm very heavily focused on helping software engineers do their best work. Um, but I'm still very involved in the day to day of like delivering products with product management, going to all of the team meetings, like sprint planning stand ups and and all of that um, but i do also have a lot of one-on-ones where we talk about how engineers can grow in their career what skills they need to be successful at flywheel um kind of their hopes and dreams as well um so it's a mix of like details and projects um still involved with that a bit and then also now more focused like even on the people side and helping um software engineers to like level up
0: awesome okay so one of the the questions that i had for kind of the, maybe the, the, the story of flywheel in some ways. And you've been a part of that for so long now from when it was much smaller to, I mean, what's roughly your head count now is.
1: Yeah. We are over 200, a a little over 200. That's crazy. Just, just
0: having been there at the beginning. That's so wild to me. Um, so what is it? What did, what has it looked like? Um, going from, you know, one engineering team to, you said six now mm-hmm. or six products mm-hmm. that you're kind of supporting, uh, what has that change been like, um, from a, you know, both a process standpoint, from a people standpoint, what have been the pros and cons of that? Um, how do you, how do you scale a product team? I think that's kind of the question.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think it, it's happened enough quickly, but also slowly enough that we can kind of tweak it as we've gone. Like, I wouldn't say what we we always say what got us there won't get us yeah. to the next step. Yeah. Um, so over time, we've tried to just keep an eye on like in, in adjusting it as we needed. Um,
0: so the story of kind of, you know, as you start to grow, yeah. you have to adjust your, maybe what you did, like the early days, it was like, well, we just had one backlog. Uh, yeah. now we, yeah.
1: And, yeah. And so each team, like, as, as we've grown, like we've really seen teams kind of be able to own their own process and kind of decide what works best for them. At, at, at the beginning, we were all doing Scrum like as one team. And as we've gone, we've seen some teams, you know, take some more Kanban style process mm-hmm. or, you know, switch to Kanban and then back to Scrum or, you know, kind of, kind of make up their own process um, to work. all still kind of being reasonable and within something that's, you know, still somewhat of an Agile flavor. But one of the challenges of scaling that we've noticed is it's hard for somebody to know what's going on across the whole product organization. Mm. Um, We've and and especially those early employees who are really used to knowing like everything that's going on and how it's going to affect them and their work. Um, It's it's been hard to like make sure to get that information disseminated everywhere. Um, We've done a few things to try to combat combat that like we've introduced the scrum of scrums where you know leaders from each team kind of get together and recap what's going on in their team and that sort of thing
0: oh i love that there's um reed hoffman talks about this early day early days of what you're working on your pirates right and so you're just Mm -hmm. like scrappy and trying to figure things out And at a certain point you have to kind of turn into a navy and so you have yep. to become kind of a little bit more well oiled machine. You have to figure out kind of your processes yeah. and, and the things that work, and especially at over 200 people, that's super important. Mm-hmm. And and you don't know everything. Um, there mm-hmm. isn't a shared understanding across all uh, teams. So what for you guys, what does a product team look like for you or what? how are your teams structured? Um,
1: yeah. So yeah. our product teams are definitely cross-functional product teams where you have, you know, multiple engineers, oftentimes a couple backend engineers, a couple front end or one front end engineer usually. Um, and then they all have a product manager who's responsible for like helping the team prioritize and kind of plan what the roadmap looks like. Um, oftentimes talking with customers and stakeholders. Um, we also have product designers on the team that are pairing alongside with both the product managers and designers to build the best solution. Um, and then we have Scrum Masters on a team um, that kind of help the team stay cohesive, stay that well-oiled machine, always keeping an eye out for best process for the team, and and doing a lot of the communication for the team.
0: And is each product team focused on a particular aspect of the product, or are they particular uh, maybe? So so I'll, I'll, we we in our first season we talked a lot about how different product teams can be um, set up. And I think one of the things that we saw is you can either have somebody, you can have product teams, especially in a large organization that has multiple, they could be focused on one particular feature, one particular product Mm -hmm. itself, or it could be even on one particular part of the user journey. Um, So Mm -hmm. they might like, it might be onboarding team and then the sales and, you know, enhancement team or, you know, whatever. How is your, how are your team structured that way?
1: Yeah, I think we have a little bit of a mix. Um, We have, I would say two teams that, are solely owning one entire product like our local by flywheel team which owns the the local desktop application and Mm -hmm. they own it front to back Um, and the same thing we have a a team that we call the platform team that's working on the infrastructure and we consider that a product that we offer Um, and then we have you know for other teams that all work on our hosting product um, but they own different domains of that Um, So we have, you know, a feature called White Label and one team owns that domain as well as like a couple other like add-ons is another domain. So they own pieces of a product there. um, And then we have two teams that do own individual products.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So tell me more about this Scrum of Scrums. I'm kind of curious because I think that, again, when you talk about a a company that has multiple product teams, uh, it is a challenge to communicate across teams. What what Mm -hmm. does that look like? What's that ceremony or what's that activity and how often do you do it? What's uh, that? I've never heard that term actually, scrum of scrum. That's great.
1: Yeah, so um, it's basically just a meeting that we have once a week. We actually have it on Wednesdays um, and we gather our, our product managers from every team who are like really the main ones that are required to be there. Yeah. Um, and our scrum masters facilitate this, but our product managers go into details of like what the team, their team has been working on the past week, what their team is working on in the next week, um, what dependencies they have from other teams, um, like upcoming launch dates we should know about and that sort of thing. And then we also invite, you know, the, product leaders, managers I I attend, as well as our other managers. Um, And then our engineering leads are also invited as optional. So we have a lot of meetings, so we make sure it's optional, but like if they can come and kind of stay updated, um, that's one great way to do
0: that. Oh, I love that. And you mentioned that you have it on Wednesday. How often do you have your meetings on Wednesdays? I'm pushing into this because we have kind of something that we do similar. So why Wednesdays?
1: You know, I'm actually not super familiar why Wednesday, um, for this one, our scrum masters that have definitely take the lead initiative on getting this set up. Um, I, I feel like Wednesday is a great day though, cause it's in the middle of the week. It's, I like to think it's the most common day people are in the office because if people take off around holidays, usually it's Monday or Wednesday or, or Monday or Friday, sorry. Um, and so Wednesday is a good solid day for people in the office and I feel like it's right in the
0: middle of the week and reliable days. That's cool. So, so we, as a company, um, we usually only have one, maybe two product teams on any Mm -hmm. client that we're servicing, but we've almost switched all of our sprints to Wednesday to Wednesdays. Mm -hmm. So it's still roughly two week sprints, but they're, they're Wednesday based because of the exact same thing. There's the kickoffs, would have a lot of missing people. People weren't focused. Mm -hmm. They were tired of the weekend or they were kind of like checked out by Friday. And so you kind of have this wind up and then wind out, um, which, I I think was brilliant. We did it a few years back, but I haven't heard too many other companies that do it that way.
1: Yeah. We used to actually have all our teams start their sprint on a Wednesday and then on Tuesday for that reason of like, you know, everybody's usually in the office on Wednesdays and it's hard to have a kickoff with without people. Um, but a few of our teams switched back through Monday through Friday, um, two week sprints just because they, just liked the dividing line of like they could remember what they did last week because they knew it went like to monday
0: well and i love that you guys have a culture where you can do that um what works for you is fine as long as it Mm -hmm. supports the outcomes that you're moving towards um okay so you know everything sounds like it's going really well sounds like you guys got great processes and i Mm -hmm. mean i already know you have an incredible culture at least from what i've heard Mm -hmm. um although the culture does change after Mm -hmm. growing so much How have you seen the culture change to reflect kind of supporting these teams or maybe as a part of recruiting, et cetera. Mm -hmm. I know as you're probably always thinking about, I gotta, I gotta make sure my engineers are happy. You're now in the business Mm -hmm. of people well, we always are, but like, that's a lot of your role. What does that look like from a, of a cultural standpoint in supporting these product teams?
1: Yeah. um, I would say like being here for three and a half years, I got, I've, I've been able to see such, you know, Changes throughout the company, and you know, culture shifting obviously as we grow in 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 some great ways as well. Um, I would say it's it's awesome to see our engineering and product culture has has grown and grown even more and more throughout the times that I'm here. Like I feel like we have more an identity of like we're being product driven and being customer obsessed, and what that really means to us. And we also, I think, we consider our our culture, um, on the product department to be, you know, product led and design matters. Like we, we don't just build things for the sake of building things or because they're cool, but because they add value to our customers. And I think that's something that is really the. Like defines what our culture ends up being in product and it's awesome to see Engineers, designers, product managers, scrum masters get excited about things because they know they add value to our customers, and we get that feedback from our customers. And not just a culture of it's fun and we get dogs in the office and stuff, and that's all great. And um, but really being excited by adding value to um, customers and and that sort of
0: thing. Ah, uh, it's spot on. That's exactly exactly what we're trying to preach. Uh, and not every, yeah. it's not always done. Um, it's it's a hard. Yeah. It sounds like that would be fun and easy to do, but it's actually a hard thing to create and to sustain. So, it is, yeah. Um, okay, so, okay, things are great, but what are some of the challenges when you um, when you start thinking about the way your teams run or how what it's like to support such a massive platform now with so many users and customers or even just mm-hmm. having more staff? What are some of the challenges you guys run up against?
1: Yeah, I would say some of the challenges we run up against is like, Finding and identifying really the best ways we can add value to our customers. We have so many ideas and there's so many ways we can do this. It's just finding what's, you know, the most important or best ways we can do that now. Mm. Um, And then also building that buy-in because everyone has lots of ideas, which is great. Um, It's just figuring out how to take some of it and act on it. And there's some things that we'll have to, you know, Deprioritize. can't do everything at once obviously so kind of navigating that and figuring out how to do that as well as always like battling you know process challenge or communication breakdown here and there um i would say those tend to be our main challenge and i think
0: that's pretty normal i think that's something i've been thinking about a lot lately is um the kind of the decision making processes um mm-hmm. so once you get in and a decision's been made like carrying that out and actually creating the product and testing and getting feedback is pretty straightforward, right? Like there's processes for yep. that. We've done that. We know how to do that. It is a challenge mm-hmm. when you've got 500 things you could do and yes. what are the 10 that you should do now? Um, yep. and is how have you guys found it? I'm just curious, maybe selfishly, have you found a mm-hmm. process for, um, how to prioritize and make those decisions uh, on your teams?
1: Yeah, I would say this is something like our product management team is like actively striving towards every day. And, you know, they've gotten really creative on how to do this. Like, I think we have been talking to customers more than we ever have before in our um, our time. Um, and it's great. Like, I've seen lots of interviews happening that our, our product managers lead and lots of interviews, even our designers leave it lead and they, they've been testing their, their designs and getting that input from customers earlier and earlier, which only like validates that we're solving the right problem right now. Um, because sometimes figuring out what that right problem is can be the hardest thing. And then once you have that, um, building is, is another challenge, definitely, sure. but um, probably one that we're more comfortable with, I would say, like
0: Oh yeah. I mean, especially if you're focused on the engineers, we're happy to be building all day long. Right. Um, and so there's no problem writing more code. Um, it is really hard to figure out what problem to solve. That's, that's really, that's really great. And I love hearing that your team is really focused on the user, really focused on spending time with that user. Um, honestly, it's way easier just to pretend the user isn't there and just, again, keep building things and then hope that they're happy. Um, so that's awesome. Um, okay. So, when you start thinking about either the ways that you're supporting your team, so you're primarily focused on the engineers, what mm-hmm. are some things that you're doing to to support them, to help them to be better, mm-hmm. or to help them to grow in their, their craft or in their profession?
1: Yeah, that's a great question. Actually, um, one of the things that we've been doing to, to help focus engineers on how they can level up in their career, in their skill sets, it was a tool suggested by one of our engineers who learned this from a podcast, I believe. I'm blanking on which one and who it was from, but I could definitely look it, it up. It was probably us. It's,
0: it's okay, it was probably us.
1: Yeah, it was definitely <laughs> you guys. Um, yeah, it, some, anyways, he proposed that we do this game called the sticky note game where you get in a room with your manager and somebody who you believe is like a sponsor of your growth and skills or could give you great ideas on how to do that. Um, and it, it takes you through a process of like a time period where you're brainstorming ideas, where you're like uh, elaborating on those, consolidating them down and then like action items for the next two weeks. And it kind of gives you this plan at the, at the end for the next six months of what Um, some awesome goals would be for you. And you're supposed to be asking yourself during this in six months, if we looked back on um, this person, what would we, what would they have to have done to say, wow, they were so successful and they were so accomplished in these past six months, they've really leveled up. Um, So we ask ourselves that we kind of develop a plan. And I've seen that be a really motivating factor for a lot of engineers to kind of know that they and their manager and this other person are thinking about what they're doing to level up and how, how they can do it, give them ideas. And, um, it it takes them through, you know, uh, a process to to get there.
0: I love that. So is that something that's done privately? I I guess what I mean is, is it just one engineer with maybe again, their manager and the sponsor, and it's like the three of them kind of coming up with that individualistic plan? Yes. Awesome. It's through
1: them in a room doing that together and then kind of coming out with a plan. Um, and I, I like to check in every other one-on-one that I have with them, how they're doing on it um, and that sort of thing. But it's, it's very individual focused, um, which I think is great because I feel like that, that person feels like they're getting such you know, investment in them yeah. and, and, and their skills and how they're doing.
0: Well, and that's such a great retainment strategy as well. Mm-hmm. Cause uh, that's what people want. They want to learn and they want to grow. Right. Um, yep. crema has been really blessed to be able to have so many people have been here for such a long time. And I think a lot of that is because we give them room to growth, grow, and we really encourage that growth. So I think that's huge, um, in seeing people actually become better. Um, so that's, that's, that's fantastic. Um, let's, let's shift gears a little bit. I want to, um, you kind of touched on a couple things, is there Any kind of key takeaways or we always like to say, what's that kind of a little bit of knowledge as you're, you being the expert here of something that you would say, if somebody's trying to get into this industry or is trying to get into the product world, what would be some two or three takeaways that they should be thinking about uh, trying to get into this space?
1: I would say for, for those that, you know, those practitioners that are looking to like continue to see their team grow or like feel kind of stagnant, always like, taking time to inspect and adapt what you're doing now and identifying like, okay, what do I feel like we are doing super awesome? And Mm -hmm. like even jot that down and, and maybe just talk about that and encourage more of that behavior of whatever it is. Like we are really great at communicating as a team. Like how can we just make sure we continue that? And then what are you, what are your sources of frustration and where, where do you want to be better kind of identifying that and then seeking out opportunities, to experiment with something new that you think could change that. Um, I've had a lot, a lot of luck of just trying to keep updated on, on things going on in, in the industry, in the community, reading, um, listening to podcasts like this, for example, is a way you're doing that. of Finding a new thing to experiment with, try it out with your team, and then inspect and adapt again and see, did that like solve any of my frustration? Did that add to it? Um, I think that's always something I'm always like, got to keep my ear to the ground, um, of what's going on to, to identify, like, where could we be better? Um, and then always having sources of inspiration or ideas to try out new experiments when I can.
0: Okay. So you may not have done it intentionally, but you perfectly segued to my next question, which is where do you do that? Where do you go for inspiration? Um, I think that's yeah. a huge thing that we, we talk about this, why we're creating this podcast, but what's your sources?
1: Yeah. So I think one thing that I do love about flywheel and working here is that we have a lot of people wanting to do that like we have a lot of groups that spin up that do you know book clubs on on a certain topic or, you know, we do tech talks and um, share ideas for new ways to do things. So one of my sources of, been le- of learning has just been being at Flywheel. Um, we host um, something we call the Agile Betterment Society, um, which are meetings for us to gather as like team leaders or process people to always like learn new ways of doing things. Um, one thing we just did as a group is we just read, uh, the book shape up by my oh, yeah. singer at base camp. And we found a few things that we'd like to try in the, in, in that book. And then we found a few things that we were like, Oh no, we just, that doesn't kind of go it's with our us. mentality. Yeah, it's not, yeah, us. That's yeah, that's not us. But it's kind of cool to even talk about that as a group and realize we're all on the same page about a lot of those things. Um, so that's been one major source of, of, learning for me we've also done a managers book club on reading crucial conversations and mm-hmm. talking about that um and individually i i listen to the tech done right podcast um i've read managing humans which is a great book by michael lopp um i believe he's a vp of engineering at slack there's a lot in there for managers i think even managers outside of the tech industry awesome um, and like i said crucial conversations was a really great one that we've went through together
0: recently. I love asking that question because we get so many different answers depending on the person's role and yeah. maybe experience level too. Cause you get the, you yep. know, the early entrepreneur related product teams of like, I read the lean startup and it's like, well, yeah, okay. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we, we all did 12 years ago. Um, so this is great. These are, these are, and they're really people focused, which I love. Mm-hmm. I love, um, I mean, you're obviously your company's big enough now where you can almost have these own, their own subcultures. Um, yep. so these book clubs, the agile agile betterment society sounds really fancy mm-hmm. and kind of amazing. Yeah. So I kind of love we that call
1: it ABS for short
0: oh, I see. I'm mm-hmm. terrible at creating those yeah. types of things. Um that's fantastic. I love that. Um so a lot of it, it seems like the culture itself encourages learning and continue to mm-hmm. grow. yes, awesome absolutely okay, so. You've been there for three and a half years. You don't have to tell me how long, how much longer you're going to be there. But the, the big Mm -hmm. question I always have is, you know, what, what, what gets you excited? Where, where were you excited about either the company going you individually, where you're going in your career, um, or what you see in the kind of the world of product, what gets you excited right now?
1: Yeah, I think what gets me excited is just like the opportunities that I know, you know, are out there for my role and what, what I can do going forward. I've been very, very fortunate at Flywheel that I've been given so many opportunities to try new things and even go into new roles. Yeah. Um, that I. That's what is such a motivating factor for me and makes me really excited um, being here at Flywheel, is knowing that that has been the case in the past. And I know it will continue to be the case in the future, um, especially as you know, a very high growth company. Like we've grown in my time since I've been here since about from about 25 to 200 engineers or 200 people um and with that we've had like so many new roles that didn't even exist at the beginning um and now they exist and we're adding more and more of those every day so it's really exciting um that that's always a possibility and um as you mentioned with our acquisition that that only amplifies that. Like, how are we going to work better together with, um, WP engine and, and, grow, um, and be really a force in the WordPress community.
0: That's so great. So I'm actually kind of curious, we've had, have a little bit extra time. I want to push into that. You said that new roles have been added as you've grown. What are some of those roles that maybe weren't there at the early days that have been added or ones that you've kind of seen come in and then they had an impact?
1: Yeah. Um, well definitely Scrum Master was the first role for me. Like that there was only engineer like the typical software engineer role um until I was I was hired and then you know I've seen a product designer be the first like oh, yeah. join the team and then a product manager join the team. Um we've had a data engineer join the team. Oh, I nice. I yeah. imagine someday we'll have, you know, security and QA more officialized, like as opportunities and throughout the entire company, there's been a lot of new roles. and um, I, I can't speak to all of those, but we've there's had. There's only like
0: 200 yeah. extra people there. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yep. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's been really awesome to see the, the scale and the growth.
0: That's, that's fantastic. Well, um, I really appreciate your time. This has been really exciting. I, like I said, I'm, I'm very excited about, you know, the growth that Flywell's experienced, of course, with the partner, you know, the acquisition now, the growth that you'll even have next. Um, I love the, mm-hmm. hearing the story of going from the one product team to the scrum master to mm-hmm. multiple teams and then the challenges, of course, that introduces, but also the opportunities it does. And it sounds like you guys have really nailed some of your process and your structure and your culture that supports that, which is really great. Um, where can people find more about you? Are you on the, uh, on the social webs and, uh, do you put out content into the world in any way that they could learn more about you?
1: You know, I don't put out enough content, but, um, I, I would say people can find me on LinkedIn, um, under Keegan Mahoney. Yep. Um, that's probably the best place. I do have a Twitter, but I don't really contribute I, yeah,
0: much. I'm the worst on Twitter. I, yeah. I, I used to be super I, active and now I'm just a consumer. Yeah.
1: Yep yeah so um yeah that's mainly
0: it cool well thank you again for spending the time with me today i know this is um you know it was random for some product shop in kansas city to say hey you want to you want to talk to us but love what you guys are doing um love to hear the story of the growth and um i'm excited for our listeners to learn more about you
1: yeah thanks so much for having me it's been awesome
0: all right thank you So I really enjoyed that conversation with Keegan. Uh I honestly, it's just really neat to see her being there from the early days of Flywheel when it was only one product team now into multiple product teams both the challenges that come with that culturally and and process-wise, but also the fact that Flywheel has been so intentional about creating a culture where people can grow and learn to to be better in their craft, but also to make sure the processes support that. And I think that um, she seems like she's on the front line of um, that being done at Flywheel. Uh, As always, thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If this is your first time, go check out season one where we talk about what the heck a product team is and why we care about working across discipline, small teams. And uh, if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe. Um, If you love what we're doing and want to support us, then definitely uh, go ahead and give us a review on iTunes or on whatever platform that you're using. A five-star review goes a long way to telling the rest of the world that we exist. Um, We love creating this content. We love uh, providing value to our audience and we would love to let more people know about it. Also, check out crima.us. They are the wonderful people that are bringing this podcast to life. And I get the joy of being surrounded by multiple product teams here at Crema and get to see how we can really think about how to do product better every day. Thanks again for listening. And we'll see you next time on option five.